0: Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth could way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams from the heart of the city of God, the holy place where the most High dwells. God is with She will not fall.
1: God can help her.
0: Like nations aren't out kingdoms from here. he lifts his voice, he lifts the Lord Almighty is with us, the God of Jacob is a fortress, come and see the Lord comes, the desolation he has brought on the earth, he makes wars to make it at the end the he breaks the bow and forces him, he burns the shield of fire, Be still, and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress.
2: Good morning and welcome. My name is Kim, and I'm excited to to worship with you this morning. As the video showed this morning, um, today we want to take some time just to be still. Life can get busy. We can get overwhelmed. And it's important that we just stop. And it may be even good things that we're doing in our life, things that we're doing in service for God but it's important that we stop and just spend time at his feet. And so that's today for us. I'm so thankful that we get to spend this time together. And so that we're gonna just take a moment, let the busyness of life stop. Not just be still in our bodies, but be still in our hearts and in our minds and sit at Christ's feet this morning. When we do things for God, it's easy to get distracted and just in our daily lives. And as we're gonna study this morning in Mark chapter six, the disciples are out serving and doing things that God has called them to do, but then he also tells them and invites them, come away with me and just be still. So if you would with me this morning, prepare your heart As we prepare hours and as as we prepare for worship and just say a quick prayer, asking that God take the distractions away so that you can just be filled with him this morning. Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your word. We thank you for this sanctuary and this place that we can come and just be still. Thank you for reminding us that no matter how busy life can get or how, how anxious we may be or excited or whatever may be going on in our lives, that it's so important that we just sit at your feet. And when we seek you, we find you. We ask that you just be with us today as we we bring our frustrations and our worries and our fears and and even those good things too, Father, that you just have them as you have us. We love you. We thank you. And be with us this morning and help us to focus on you.
3: time. Shit.
4: you this morning to allow these words and this prayer to resonate with you um, as you just listen and absorb it, and at the end, as you feel welcome, join me in the Lord's Prayer. Living God, better is one day in your presence than thousands elsewhere. As the deer pants for streams of water, so we long for you, our God. We thirst for you, the living God. Even so, we confess our tendency to to overlook resting in your presence as a necessary part of following you. We confess our pride in thinking that our work is so important that we may not set it down. We confess our readiness to believe that what we do determines our worth. We confess our obsession with productivity, results, and measurable progress. We confess our tendency to forget that it is in you that we live and move and have our being and that your love is better than life we ask now for nourishment for body mind spirit our whole selves for rest and resurrection for new life for healing and consolation of our souls we ask for help managing our time and activities so that our in keep up with our outpourings where we have overspent ourselves refresh us Where we have have misplaced our priorities, rearrange us. Where we have said yes when we should have said no, remind us. We thank you for meaningful work, for blessings and burdens. We thank you for rest. May we become present to our great need for daily bread, the presence of Christ in our lives, the one who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father,
1: Good morning we do want to take this time to welcome each of you we are glad that you are here especially if if you are a guest with us today we are going to ask that you pass the friendship pads those are on the um, outside aisles if you'll pass them down and everybody sign it pass it back so you can see who you're sitting with but especially if you're a guest with us this is how we get to know you so please take the time to fill out um, the information there again we're glad that you're here we want to say welcome to Snyder so as we're talking about rest today, and I'm supposed to give a whole bunch of these announcements, let me just remind you it's from the time that we spend with um, our Heavenly Father that it changes our heart. It changes our heart to what you, He wants us to do in, in the way that we serve Him. So we do, we start, everything starts with spending that time with God in rest and and just really getting to know him and what his heart is for you. And so um, just take a look at those announcements there. We have several things going on. Um, the Wednesday night class that's mentioned there is probably going to be moved to the sanctuary this Wednesday night because of the crowd we had. If you're interested in singing and just want to do the Spring Express, you can read about that. Grounds Day is coming up. Um, But finding your place to serve is um, what Operation Inasmuch is all about, and so uh, we are looking forward to that day on celebrating 25 years on March 28th, Um, and you can sign up for your project today as you leave. Uh, Out there, there'll be somebody to help you. So again, let's take this time to stand and greet one another.
5: Well, good morning. I have to think there's an extra uh, crown or extra jewel in your crown in heaven for setting your clocks ahead and being here for an early service uh, an hour ahead of time. Uh, we're going to continue our series on Jesus' invitations, uh, another one on rest, and it's not lost on me that I'm talking about rest on a day that we lost an hour of sleep, um, But I had a choice when I put this series together. Uh, I already did uh, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. And then this one uh, from Mark's gospel. But I felt like it was important. Uh, Jesus' two distinct invitations dealing with rest, which tells me that it's an important subject. So I'm going to ask you to turn in your Bibles with me to the gospel according to Mark, a short text. Uh, Mark chapter 6, I'll begin with verse 30. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. This is the word of God for the people of God. if your doctor has ever prescribed for you an antibiotic, what was the rule he or she gave you? Take it till it's done. Take the whole antibiotic. And sometimes it's one of those things where we start feeling better and we think, well if I maybe I didn't hear that person correctly or I just don't think I need it, my body's already responded, you're gonna find yourself in trouble needing another round of antibiotics to take care of the, of the uh, infection in you. Or you've had an injury and your doctor's given you a timetable for how much you can do and when, and you decide that you're feeling good enough to go ahead and do what, because you're stronger and better and you don't need to listen to your doctor, and all of a sudden, you have a setback from your injury. There is something in us sometimes that we don't do very well following the doctor's orders. We think that we don't really need to to get well, and there is a spiritual parallel to that truth. There are prescriptions, if you will, in the Word of God about how we are to live for Christ. And one of them is a prescription. This is my title of my sermon A Prescription for Rest. Jesus, in this very short passage, has given us the doctor's orders, if you will, a prescription for rest in the busyness of our lives. This text, this particular text I read, has become many things to me. It has become a reminder that I am not superhuman, that I cannot run 100 miles an hour uh, all day every day, that I need time to rest. It's become a warning. I will confess to you in public today, and I've said, said this before, I have a pretty strong work ethic, and I've gotten myself in trouble on this particular subject in my own life on multiple occasions. I have found myself in a place where I am running a, a pace that is unsustainable, and it's unhealthy. And I suspect that many of you have as well. This is a challenge. This is not something that comes easy for me, and perhaps doesn't come easy for some of you. To get to a healthy place, to be very intentional about building into our battle rhythm uh, of life some time to rest and recharge our batteries. It's become a prescription. That's how I see this. This is Jesus, the great physician. We call him the great physician, uh, who has made our bodies as uniquely and wonderfully as they are made. He's our creator. He knows what our capabilities are, he knows what our limitations are. It is a prescription from our great physician to be well, to get well and to stay well. And it's invitation it's an invitation. It's an invitation from Jesus, my shepherd to rest from work, so I can work from rest. This text addresses this thought very insightfully. If you understand the context of this particular passage, it's early in Jesus' ministry. Jesus, earlier in Mark chapter 6, had sent his disciples out, but the apostles out by twos. He had told them, he had given them power over demons. He told them to teach the truth about the Who he was and that the kingdom had come and they had done exactly what jesus had said and they came back and they were fired up They were excited about the power that god had given them They were excited about the things that had been able to do in that power And they all came back and they're reporting to jesus all the things that they had done and they had taught And you would think that jesus would say man, this is great stuff You all have done extremely well get back out there for the second quarter or second half but he doesn't. He doesn't do that at all. He says, come away with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. There were certainly more people that needed to hear the truth. There were certainly more people that needed to be healed. There were certainly many more, much more ministry that needed to be accomplished. And probably with a sense of urgency for the folks that needed to know the truth about God's kingdom. And Jesus said what's even more important... For you right now, all of you, is to come away with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. I chose this passage because it's a picture of our lives. The breathless race that we sometimes find ourselves running. Jesus and his disciples were were living among pressing crowds. In fact, they go away to a quiet place, they get in the boat and they get to the other side and the crowd sees where they're going and they run around to the other side and as soon as they get out of the boat, they're there already. And so the crowds were pressing in on Jesus. That was a good thing. He had a great message. They were excited. He was doing some great things, and they wanted to be with him, but the crowds were pressing in for sure. Constant demands on their time and attention. No time, as our passage said, for even to eat. Things haven't changed much in the past 2,000 years, have they? In fact, I would suggest that we're even. our pace is even more hectic. If you saw the video that we started our service with, uh, the telephones ringing, the, all the doodads that we carry in our pockets that can, can get our time and attention immediately and interrupt exactly what we're doing. It's just, it's crazy, the hectic pace of life in, in the year 2020. Many of us are running at an unhealthy and an unsustainable pace. And I got to confess, as I look at this, it's easy to say, well, we're all supposed to rest. But a lot of this is necessary, isn't it? Or it seems necessary. I, I look at my daughter and my two daughters-in-law and the seven children that they're bringing up, my grandchildren, that's a 24-7 job. Where do you rest from preschoolers? You can't just say, well, the Bible says, come away with me myself for your lonely place and rest a while, okay. I got preschoolers. It's, it's, it's a 24-7 it's job, job. Or single parents. Single parents who are carrying the load of parenting by themselves. Mostly having to work to provide a living. And then do all the things that parents together would do in the home, but they're doing it by themselves. Or caretakers of spouses who have health issues. Or of aging parents. Or children with special needs. How do they obey this challenge from Jesus to come away to a quiet place and get some rest when the responsibilities that they carry for loved ones are 24-7 or deployed service members around the world. Folks aren't any weekends downrange. There aren't any holidays downrange. It's 24-7, seven days awake. I've been there and many of you have as well or your loved ones have and their families back home who are single parents Dealing without mom or dad who's downrange for 7 or 9 or 12 months at a pop. Or those of you who have uh, work requirements that require you to be on call. Some of our emergency personnel, police or medical people. Uh, I'll shout out to the CPAs during tax season. How do, you, how do you obey this particular command in that season of your life? Or when the phone rings and you're the one who's on call for the weekend. Or those of us in ministry, the documentation of ministerial burnout is a very real phenomenon in our country. We're all overcommitted. We're overwhelmed. We're stressed out. We're exhausted. We have not set or maintained healthy boundaries for ourselves, and some of it's our fault. And so, day in and day out, we work and live at a breathless pace. I would suggest to you that we all need to listen to what Jesus was telling his disciples here in this passage. Right in the midst of ministry, sharing the gospel, Jesus says, Take a time out. Come away with me by yourselves to a lonely place and rest a while. Work is necessary, work is important. The responsibilities that you and I carry are very important but they need to be balanced with rest. There's a clear and consistent mandate in the Bible to rest from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation. You can go and find references to rest. God created this world, and God rested. We would think God wouldn't have to rest. But the Bible makes the point that God, after he spent six days of creating this world, he rested. God included the commandment to rest in the Big Ten, In the Ten Commandments in Exodus chapter 20, I referenced this four weeks ago. It's the longest of the commandments. And he goes line by line and category of people by category of people. None of these people are supposed to work. None of you were supposed to work on the Sabbath day, even during your busiest seasons, even during plowing time and harvest time. And the punishment that the Bible prescribed for those who worked on the Sabbath was death. If you work on the Sabbath, you're to die... And so God promises us in his word to meet our every need. Philippians 4.19, one of my favorite scriptures to pray for and to share with people who are in special need. My God shall supply all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. And <coughs> excuse me, the first need mentioned in the 23rd Psalm is the need for rest. Our shepherd makes us lie down in green pastures. That shepherd, needs to do a lot of things. When I was in my deployment to Desert Storm, we spent a lot of time watching the Bedouins, the, the Saudi Arabian shepherds. And they would take their sheep. This is a desert environment, but they knew where to take their sheep. You've got to get the sheep to where the food is. But the first thing that the Bible says our shepherd does for us is he makes us lie down. He makes us rest. He leaves us beside, some of your Bibles say still water, some of your Bibles say quiet waters. The literal Hebrew says waters of rest. He leads us by waters of rest. He restores our soul. You see, rest is a prerequisite to the restoration of our souls. There's a sign above one of the doors inside of our house that's from the passage we read just a moment ago. Be still and know that I am God. Part of the Hebrew could say, stop striving. Stop striving and know that I am God. We never sit still long enough to hear His voice, and experience His presence. And so, the New Testament, Jesus gives us personal invitation to rest. I addressed four weeks ago that passage from Matthew 11:28, "Come to Me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest." And I would share just very briefly about that. As part of the reason we're weary is because we're not obeying God's command to rest. We have taken on more than our bodies are, and minds are capable of carrying. And so we've already disobeyed that commandment, and part of the reason that you and I are weary is because we've not been obedient to that particular command. But this passage gives us something new to look at. Even during ministry, all that they did and taught included exorcisms and healing and preaching. And as important as Jesus' ministry was, He took time to rest, and I would suggest to you that our work is not more important than Jesus' work. And so you and I, too, need to take time to rest God has made incorporating rest into our daily lives a a commandment. Our creator who has made us as uniquely and wonderfully as we are made, who has made us capable, the the human body is capable of incredible things. The human mind is capable of incredible things. That is all by our creator's design. But that same creator knew that we were not designed to run at a breathless pace, an unsustainable and unhealthy pace. And that same creator has said, you've got to take time for rest. Our Creator also knows we'll never be at our best for Him or at our best for our loved ones if we are completely exhausted most of the time. And so the result of a life without rest is that we don't really live life in the deepest sense of the word and in the way that God wants us to live. Instead, life becomes that runaway train that's screaming down the tracks and we're holding on for dear life and hoping that we can hang on and not fall off. Folks, that's not the abundant life that Christ came to bring us. And so Jesus gives us a specific prescription for rest. Part of the prescription is to come away. That's what he said to his disciples. Come away. We might say get away. Points to our need to physically and and mentally get away from work and the routine of our life. I, I don't know if you found the same thing to be true. I can remember in college when I was at West Point... We only had a certain number of hours on the weekend to be away, but I know that if I ever got away, physically left the confines of West Point, it didn't matter what I did, uh, I felt more rested when I got back than if I had stayed there and even taken a nap. There's something about getting away, removing ourselves from certainly the stressful environment or the work environment that you and I find ourselves in. A key step in managing stress is to interrupt it. Any counselor will tell you that. You've got, if you have something that's stressing you on a repeated basis in your life, you have to escape it. You have to get away from it. When I counsel couples that are having marital difficulties, and there's a lot of work to be done and a lot of communication that they need to have to one another to work through those issues, I also tell them as part of my counseling, you need to plan some time together as a couple to do fun things to not work on your problems, to not be dwelling constantly on the things that are stressing your marriage relationship. And they look at me and, and, and they're thinking about that for just a second, but what I'm trying to tell them is you've got to escape from the circumstances that you're in, at least for a short window, even if it's just a plan one hour or two hours or, or half a day, but build some time in to get away from the things that are stressing you in your life. That's what Jesus was telling his disciples. We have to be intentional about getting away from work and the things that, that, that uh, drain us. And sometimes, folks, that means saying no to other things, good things. That is one of my biggest struggles as a minister, trying to, trying to be obedient to this in my own life, knowing that people are counting on me, knowing that there's always more people I can visit, always more people I can call, and sometimes I have to say no to some, some good things in order to set some healthy boundaries and, and allow myself some time to come away or get away. And so setting healthy boundaries in our lives. And so the first part of the prescription, Jesus is inviting us to come away. And so think about the things in your life that stress you out, that, that, that get you weary, and hear Jesus' words to you, come away. Step away from it for a period of time. It's part of his prescription for us to get rest. Second thing he says is by yourselves, and I want to break this down into several components. If you, if you look at it, the disciples really became one another's family for those three years. And so part of this is family time. And so there's going to be some alone time in just a minute, but part of this is family time. Families today, with all the stresses that come on, come on us as families, we've got to pull away as a family. We've, we've got to do things that families do. We've got to basically shut the rest of the world out and spend some time with the people that God has given us as family. Schedule family time and fiercely protect it. One of the greatest words of wisdom I got from a seminary professor, an older seminary professor, and he was talking to us in, in very practical ways about ministry. He says, make appointments with members of your family. If your son has a baseball game, put it on your calendar, appointment with son, baseball. And so if somebody else says, I need to see you at three o'clock, say, I already have an appointment at three o'clock. Now, if you think I'm out playing hooky all the time, I'm not. But, but building that time in my schedule, and I gave guidance to the staff when I first got here because of that specific comment. My kids are grown and gone, but we have staff that have family members who are here. They're in school right now, and they have donuts with Dad's Day, and they got things at school. And I gave guidance to our staff when I first got here. If your child has something going on in his or her life, your place of duty is with your child. Protect that family time, and I, and I say the same thing to you all. And sometimes our work requirements don't allow us to do that. But to the degree that you can, make appointments with your family and, and, sac- and guard that sacred time with them. Uh, get away, if possible, as a family. We, we went camping one day. What a disaster that was in Missouri. It rained. <laughs> it rained most of the weekend. I think we all had ticks on us when we were done. I found a nice place where I had done some hunting. I thought this would be great to bring the family down here and go camping but you know we, we cook marshmallows around the fire and to this day our kids talk about that family outing, camping and so whatever it is that your family enjoys doing get out and do it as a family where there's nobody else around by yourselves that group that's, that's a tight-knit group desperate families desperately need today more quality time together I remember my dad and he'll be in the second service today but I remember he was ending his military career he was a colonel very successful I was beginning mine I was a lieutenant stationed right here at Bragg. Uh, dad was here at Bragg at, at Bragg at the time. In fact, we've jumped a couple times together from a helicopter, uh, but we were going on a hunting trip together, and we were right, I know exactly where we, where we were on the road, and I said, Dad, if you could live, do your career over again, what would you do differently? And my dad's advice to me that day, I have never forgotten. I've shared it with many military leaders. I've shared it with other people in ministry. He, without hesitating, my dad said, I would spend more time with your mom and you kids only thing he said I look at my dad my dad's a hero to me in many ways as a spiritual man as a leader as his work ethic uh, his Christian faith he, he's been a phenomenal influence in my life and so when my dad said that I tried to put that into practice in my life I would spend more time so I've been successful I'm a colonel I'm at the top of the top of my game I would spend more time with your mom and you kids Words of wisdom, come away by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. And there's also personal time, and I won't spend a lot of time uh, uh, on this, but I think it's important for us to get away. This is hard for me. Uh, I'm I'm wired for ministry. I'm wired to do. Uh, I'm wired to serve. Uh, Those are good things for for somebody in ministry. It's hard for me to come away and get some of that downtime by myself. And my wife will tell you, I cannot sit still. I just can't sit still, there's always something to be done. But I believe that Jesus is calling us to come away and we've gotta rest, we've gotta step away from it all, even family for a short period of time and get that personal time and, and, and just recharge our battery and rest before the Lord and then also time alone with God. Sometimes we leave that out, he didn't say come away to a quiet place, he said come away with me to a quiet place and get some rest. It's more than Bible reading and prayer, though that's very important. Spending that time with Jesus on a daily basis. It's just spending time with him. Jesus is calling us not to do things. Jesus is calling us into relationship with him. And you and I need to spend some time intentionally building the intimacy of that relationship. That's what he wants. That's what we should want. And that's what we need. Spending that quality time with Jesus, alone uh, with him. I have been reading, Gay and I have been reading through a a Lenten meditations and prayers were written by one of our church members, Donna Oswalt. And last Saturday's uh, devotion was entitled, Busy and Broken, and I want to share that with you this morning. The scripture verse is Luke 5:16. but Jesus himself would often slip away to the wilderness and pray. Our calendars only begin to tell the story of our busyness. Cell phones distract us, computers betray us, commitments divide us. We try to be all things to everyone, doing everything all the time. Collect, collate, collate, and conquer becomes our unspoken mantra. The soul runs near empty. I know there are necessary duties, essential tasks, and recurrent chores. Many worthy endeavors request our time, need our attention, demand our efforts. In my honest moments, I wonder how many does the Father choose? Which ones bring Him glory? Where does His plan lead? The only way to hear these answers is to spend time in prayer away from the crowds prayer connects us to God Jesus would frequently withdraw to a secluded place and pray teaching his disciples by example we must imitate Jesus our hearts calling to the Father praying with praises and confessions seeking with intention and perseverance and listening with contrition and patience we must come to the altar to be alone with God Holy Father Glimpses of your glory escape me because I hurry past or rush between or skip ahead. Your best moments are hidden in my eagerness, my enthusiasm, my certainty. Forgive the careless and egocentric attitudes that clog my days and blind my heart to the unmeasured blessings. In the silence of the early morning, let me linger in your presence a fragrance fresh and sweet. In the darkness of the late night, let me sit with you, with wisdom strong and true. In the solitude of an afternoon walk, or in the stillness as children lie sleeping, I desire to rest with you, a shelter safe and warm. Tell me where to go, and what to choose. Help me know how, and when, and if. And, O Father, as I wait, give me patience to be still long enough to listen, to be quiet long enough to hear your whispers of love. Amen. Come away by yourselves. And part of that, folks, is with Jesus. That quality time that you and I can't just do if we've got time in a day. It needs to be a priority in our walk with Him. And then finally, says Jesus says, get some rest. We have a hard time doing this without feeling guilty. There's always something more to do at work or at home or in ministry but make a conscious decision to rest. Maybe accomplish just by a change of pace or doing something that you enjoy doing, something that's restful or give your permission, self permission to do nothing. I read a piece by Judah Smith, a pastor of a large church who was getting ready to get his team fired up for the new calendar year. It would be his first meeting of the, of the calendar year and he, as he thought about what he wanted to share with them, he turned to the Lord in prayer. He said, Lord, what do you want me to share with my group? And he knew that the year was going to have some, lots of opportunities. They had some conferences coming up, some classes, special events, and he was going to challenge them to, to uh, dream bigger, work harder, and sacrifice more. But instead, God led him to speak at that meeting on rest. And as he began to talk about rest, that he, he could tell that the staff was sitting there thinking, okay, this is just the introduction. Let's get to the hard part. But as he says... Rest was the challenge. Rest is the challenge. Let me be clear, he says, there's nothing wrong with passion, purpose, plans, and productions. They have their place. God is a God of action and momentum, but he is also a God of peace. Every time you and I lay our heads down at night, every time we get tired, God is preaching a sermon to us. We completely shut down for seven or eight hours, but God does not slumber or sleep. He watches over us, and he reminds us that he is God, and we are not. We fall asleep and completely uh, check out from planet Earth, yet the world keeps spinning. The sun rises and the sun sets. Life goes on whether we're awake or not. I am convinced that as Christians, our actions must be the result of a state of spiritual rest, or we will wear out before we fulfill God's purpose for our lives. What good is a season of growth if our pace is not sustainable? If our lifestyle is so frantic and frenzied that three years down the road, we've lost our joy. It is clear from Scripture that God wants us to live a healthy life for the rest of our life. He wants us to be at rest because rest is part of holiness. We might assume that we know how this sermon is going to end and certainly i want to talk to you, and we know that we need to probably do a better job of resting. But I want to share something else that the Lord laid on my heart this week, and I've never shared this before with this particular subject. I want us to think about how we can help other people get the rest that they desperately need. How we can be a respite for caregivers who are taking care of elderly parents or spouses that need 24-7 care or children with special needs. How we can give a respite for mothers of preschoolers. Someone that you know that is just worn out with preschoolers. Gay does a great job with our daughter and our daughters-in-law, and I can see that's part of her ministry to our internal family. How we can give a respite to our spouses. When I was in Hawaii, sponsored by the North American Mission Board, of the Southern Baptist Convention, every other year they came and did a retreat for the chaplains, Southern Baptist chaplains and our spouses, and on the off year, they came and did a retreat just for the spouses, and in one case, they took them to another island. I was in, I was, we were on Oahu, and they took them to to Maui, and I took leave, my leave days, to take care of three little kids so my wife could get away. Because I knew it was important. They, they pampered them. They had a little something for them at the table every day when they came, and they just catered to the spouse's needs. And so it prompted me in my mind, how can I give my wife the respite that she needs from the responsibilities that she carries? And wives, you can ask the same question about your husbands. How about a respite for single parents? How about those folks that you know in your life, and there are many, who are carrying the burdens of parenthood. What can you do to provide them a respite? And enable them to get the rest that they need—a respite for ministers. This church adopted about five years ago a sabbatical policy. Every seven years or so, you let the ministers go away for a couple of months if they've got enough vacation signed up. The church adds a two-for-one on weeks of sabbatical, and and Pastor Bruce is coming up on that this coming summer. He'll be able to get away for for a, a eight or nine weeks to be with family and to rest and recharge his battery, or a respite for military families of deployed soldiers and so i want to challenge all of us even as we try to find rest in our life to find ways that we can be a respite we can be a help for someone who needs the break that they may not be able to have unless somebody steps in and helps them with their responsibilities and finally i ask you this question what is your plan what is your plan to be obedient to jesus invitation to come away by yourselves with him to a quiet place and give some rest Jesus set the example in his own life, and we need to follow his example. We need to be intentional about following the physician's prescription laid out in Scripture for rest. Let's pray together. Father, indeed, we are uniquely and wonderfully made in your image. Father, we can look at our lives and look at the things that people accomplish. You have have made us capable of, of incredible things physically and mentally academically and yet father your word reminds us again this morning that you have not made us to run at a breathless pace that's not the abundant life your son Jesus came to bring us and so father help us to hear again your ad- admonition your invitation to build intentionally some rest into our schedules So that we can be better for you and for those that you've placed in our life. Father, thank you for giving us this commandment, this invitation to rest for our good. In Jesus' name, amen. Ultimately, our rest is found in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Part of me guarding myself from stopping striving is realizing that I have a Savior whose grace is sufficient for all of my needs in life. I hope and pray that you have that personal relationship with Jesus as well. And if you don't, that's God's message to you this morning. Come into a relationship with me, and I'm going to give you some rest. I'm going to give you a new purpose in life. Christian, I, I know I'm, I'm probably preaching to the choir today. Uh, we're all probably in this particular boat, uh, busy people, doing great things. I want to remind you that God is inviting us to build rest into our daily lives. If you're looking for a church home and God has led you here to Snyder and you want to become a part of our fellowship, I'd love to receive you during our time of invitation as well. However God is speaking to your heart, I pray that you'll listen to his voice and that you'll respond. Let's stand as we sing.
6: John asked us to go to God for our rest. The only way we can do that is to give him your heart and your soul. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I want to speak to you today for just a second on offering. We have our offerings, our tithes, our gifts, and our offerings, but God's looking for another offering. He's looking for your heart, your soul, your body. He wants to be number one in your life. Before He can help you with your rest, you must take Him as your Savior. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for these tithes and these gifts and these offerings that we made here tonight, tonight today. Take them and bless them and use them to betterment thy kingdom, O oh Lord. Today, Lord, I ask for your conviction upon each and every one of us that does not know you completely, Lord, with our full heart and our full soul. Convict us to make us to give you number one in our life. In your holy name I pray. Amen.
0: To Christ to find
5: release. I want to thank our praise team. Giles is away on pilgrimage this weekend, if you're wondering where he is. And so he's getting his soul refreshed. Uh, He'll be doing that till sometime mid to late afternoon. So continue to pray for him. It'll be a, a, a wonderful time for him and a couple other members from our church. Jax, come on up and join me. Jax Livingston. Nine years old, same age as when I made this decision. I had a chance to meet with Jax and his dad in my office this week. Uh, he is coming this morning to make his public profession of faith in Jesus Christ as his Savior and Lord. And I know Gio and, and Chelsea are excited, and we are as well. I, I told Jax, uh, you know, at age nine, I didn't know everything I know today for sure, but I knew, th- I knew who Jesus was, and I knew he loved me, and I knew I needed him, and Jax understands that as well. So if you celebrate with me Jack's decision, will you say, welcome to Snyder? And I'm going to ask mom and dad to come on up here with him. And, uh, and I hope that after our benediction, let's stand for our benediction. You'll come by and give them a warm uh, welcome and affirm, affirm his decision. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your incredible love for us. Thank you for this young boy who's made a decision today to embrace that love. To accept Jesus as his Savior and Lord and to begin to live in a new way his life for him. Thank you for the Christian home in which you place him as they continue to develop him to be the man that you've called him to be. And Father, thank you in the busyness of our world and the busyness of our lives and the busy webs that we weave for ourselves that you call us to rest. And I pray that we'll be more intentional about being obedient to you and following the example of our Savior, Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen.
3: Better is one day in your life.